what I find is as soon as we uh, start to add something like long ruck marches or hot yoga or CrossFit or jujitsu uh, to our life regularly, we're inoculated to those smaller stressors in our day-to-day life from our kids, from our job. And so what used to seem like a boulder in our path now seems like a pebble that we can step right over. Hey there, my name is Kim, and this is my podcast, Power Up Your Performance. I believe that we have the power to rewrite our stories, change the trajectory of our lives, pour love into the world, conquer monumental challenges, and that movement can be a catalyst for change. Let's grow together. Welcome to Power Up Your Performance. Hey, hey, welcome to the show. My name is Kim Peek, and I'm so excited you're here with me today. Did you know that being part of a community, whether it's your church, gym friends, teammates, or a close group of friends, is an important part of longevity? When you have a sense of belonging, feel supported by others, and feel a sense of purpose that comes from being part of a community, you are more likely to be happy, healthy, and fulfilled. And all of that leads to a longer, more healthy life. It's never too late to take the initiative to build those connections that can lead to a positive, life-changing experience. I love this topic, and so I was excited to have an opportunity to talk to today's guest, a fitness and business expert who has spent most of his life helping people achieve their fitness goals and someone who has spent a lot of time building tribes around fitness and in the business world. Jason Skizik is an entrepreneur, coach, and podcaster who brings energy, experience, and curiosity to everything he does. He is the host of the Spear and Clover podcast and has coached and consulted with hundreds of entrepreneurs for the past four years. He previously owned a CrossFit gym in Chicago for 12 years, and it was there that he developed a love for building tribal communities. In my conversation with Jason, we talked about collective elective suffering, creating impact in the world, core values, creating communities, and so much more. Sit back, relax, and enjoy this conversation with Jason Skizik. Welcome to the show, Jason. I'm so excited to talk to you today. Oh my gosh, Kim, thank you so much for having me. Thank you so much for the conversation. I appreciate you sharing your audience with me today. I'm excited to be here. Well, you have had quite an eventful life. Can you tell us just a little bit about how you got started with coaching and how your life, things that have happened in your life got you to this point today? Gosh, that's a big question, right, Kim? Uh, it is. So, <laughs> uh, so I guess to to start, I would say, you know, coming out of the military, um, I did two things at the same time. Um, I spent four years in the United States Army. Uh, right after that, I went to school for finance to get my real big boy job uh, and take over the world of, of as a titan of industry. Uh, and at the same time, I started while I was in school with two other veterans. I started a small uh, little community CrossFit gym on the dusty fourth floor of an old warehouse in Chicago. Um, and so that's how I got started in coaching is literally we were doing CrossFit and rock climbing. I was going on a ton of rock climbing trips at the time because we were in school and didn't have much going on. And my buddy called me and he's like, Hey man, uh, you know, it costs $250, $225 or something to, to join the local CrossFit gym, which this is 2010. 
uh, or 2009. So that was very expensive at the time. And there was only one or two in the city of Chicago available. Uh, and so we were like, you know what, let's just start one. Let's just start a CrossFit gym instead of paying $220 or whatever it was. And so, uh, so we dove in and from there, you know, basically I have never been a member of a different CrossFit gym than my own. Uh, certainly though, have gone to a ton of education and, and things like that. But, uh, so that's how we got started and how we kind of got into it. That was in 2010. So one of the things I love about CrossFit is I always think of people that do CrossFit as being part of a really tight knit community. Yeah. Can you tell us a little bit about what, what happens? What's the magic? What did you do there to build that community in your CrossFit gym? Yeah, it's so funny. One of my core values is tribal, and it's exactly uh, because of what you're talking about. It's this idea that we are drawn to groups of like-minded people, whether that's in the form of CrossFit, whether that's in the form of yoga or church. We've evolved primates in general. There's a guy named Dunbar who determined that primates have evolved to gather in these groups. In humans, it's about 150 people. This is why you see 150 person uh, communities pop up in all different areas of life, whether that's churches or gyms or nutrition or, you know, uh, sewing circles, whatever it may be. Um, And so, you know, CrossFit brings together people who who have their lives changed and all of a sudden they're in their twenties and all of their friends think it's cool to meal prep on a Saturday, or if they're drinking, they're, they're drinking waters in between, or there's just certain, there's this, a very tribal nature to people committing themselves to this level of fitness and sort of seeking virtue and, um, and things like that. And so, uh, it's, it's very common now at our particular gym. I think we took it a step further. Um, the last year that I was running the gym was 2019. Uh, and in that year, year we did over 52 social events that year so we were doing events constantly uh things like tie-dye parties and skiing trips we took an rv to the crossfit games with about a dozen people um just tons and tons of of community events and i'll remember in 2019 looking at my wife donna and being like you know it's funny the only reason that limits our tribe from growing even more is that they have to do crossfit which is really hard Uh, (laughs) right so yeah, so definitely CrossFit has been um and and our our CrossFit gym Bucktown CrossFit was uh is still uh just a terrific community and a great place for people that are looking for like-minded people to go hard with. It's one of my favorite topics because I know that community is one of those key factors in living a long life. When you look back at people who like when they interview people that are in their 80s and 90s, that's always one of the key things. Now, I know that you also have some other things that you kind of bundle together that you say make for a successful life. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, for starters, I should note that, uh, you know, there's been a transition for me. I've spent most of my life focused on fitness uh, and gathering tribe and and helping people ascend in their fitness journeys. Um, and about four or five years ago, I added entrepreneurs to that group um, because I had had a ton of success or some version of success uh, building a tribe and building a business around fitness myself. And so I decided to start helping entrepreneurs to do similar stuff. Um, but to this day, uh, the weekly routine very much centers around nutrition and fitness. We only have one body and it's our primary way that we experience the world. So fitness doesn't just disappear if you stop working in fitness. Uh, And so in that case, 
I talk about a couple of different things. Uh, first, collective elective suffering. I recommend doing at least three times of collective elective suffering. And the reason I like that term, which I borrow from my friend, Coach Robin Lalonde, is it's anywhere where we're coming together to do something very, very difficult in a group in a group on purpose. Uh, so that can be hot yoga, that can be a running club, that can be rock climbing, or it can be CrossFit. Uh, but it should be something that is a little bit scary and it's a little bit difficult because the concept behind it is not only to get you fit, but also sort of to expand your experience from what a good day is and what what hard and what easy feels like. Because what I find is as soon as we uh, start to add something like long ruck marches or hot yoga or CrossFit or jujitsu uh, to our life regularly, we're inoculated to those smaller stressors in our day-to-day life from our kids, from our job. And so what used to seem like a boulder in our path now seems like a pebble that we can step right over. Uh, and the second thing that I do every week is I go on solo missions. And so for me, solo mission is typically going on a long ruck march. Uh, I live here in the Indiana Dunes National Park, so I take my dogs on a ruck. Uh, or uh, even just going in a float tank. Or last Sunday, I took a drive through Michigan uh, and just spent time with my thoughts about my place in the world, my relationships with my friends and family, my business. It could be your career. But I recommend that we take that we carve out time to do that every single week because we're not going to be able to show up as the people that we want to show up to our relationships as if we don't have enough time to to really take care of ourselves. Yeah, I think that's so important. How can we succeed in business and still love our life getting beyond that hustle and grind? Yeah. So listen, I think the starting start of it is, is you can't do it alone. Uh, And so if you're talking about uh, being an an entrepreneur, which is who I typically speak to, um, you can't do it alone. And if you do, that's fine, but just understand yourself employed. And so if you want to be, if you're the greatest oil changer in the world and you just love changing oil, then by all means, Go after owning your own little one-car garage uh, oil-changing business and just get to be the best you can at that. But the problem is, is you will still hit a ceiling very, very quickly. And so if you'd like to be an entrepreneur, if you'd like to have a business and still uh, have freedom in your life, then you're going to need to bring others as well as technology along for the ride. And so to continue that metaphor, rather than becoming the best at changing oil, become the best at hiring and teaching people how to change oil, become the best at selling oil changes, become the best at scouting great locations to put new oil changing place. And pretty soon you're competing with, with Jiffy Lube and you have a pretty good life. That's awesome. Now, another topic that comes up a lot is just about creating impact in the world. How does the ordinary everyday person begin to make those decisions and change the behaviors that would put them in a position to create impact in the world. I think you kind of gave an example there with the oil change person. I mean, you kind of showed the process, but break it down for us a little bit. Like if you're somebody, you're just like, I know there's more to life. I know I need to do more. What's the starting point? Well, I love how you phrased this question because you didn't phrase it in how can you make the most money? How can you make the most, have this long lasting legacy? I think if we're talking about making impact in the world, it really boils down to just one concept. And that is to lead by giving service and not expect anything in return. 
If you can get comfortable with lead by saying, what in the world can I, I like to say it that way, what in the world can I do to help you um, and, and lead with service and then not become embittered when people inevitably don't give back as much as you give. That's really the trick of it. Because I think that for most people listening to this, they do think of themselves as leading with service, but they can probably think of many times where when that service isn't reciprocated, they either move on or they just, they are not as giving with of themselves and of their time. Um, and what I can tell you is you really don't start to reap the rewards of that in the form of impact, but also in the form of financial and and personal um, satisfaction and prosperity. Uh, you really don't get there until you've done it for a long time. And so start today to give freely to those people who you think you can help. Don't expect anything in return. That's really the hardest part. Because if you can get to that point, the the one in a hundred or the one in fifty that that is really genuinely impacted by you and and decides to potentially even give back to you, um, it feels so rewarding and enriching. Now, I also like to think that to create impact in the world, we don't have to go start a business. We don't have to create a movement. We don't have to start our own nonprofit. There's lots of ways to make an impact, and a lot of those are regular, everyday things. Would you agree with that? Oh my gosh, a hundred percent. I mean, as much as I, I can't tell you how many times I've helped somebody move their apartment when I was running a gym in Chicago. You know, we have hundreds of clients. They're all in their twenties. They're moving around from apartment to apartment. And guess who owns a box truck at that time? It was me. And so I probably moved, you know, a hundred people different times. Uh, and, and you don't ask for money, but you're making an impact there. And I think that this is exactly the point. Some of the most inspirational things that we even use in our in our day-to-day language, like a barn raising, you know what a barn raising is. And that's Amish people that would get together and raise a barn for the person that needs to build a barn mm-hmm. that, that day or whatever. And so instead of each farmer spending an entire year building the barn by himself and his, his wife and children or whatever, everybody comes together, they build it in one day or two days, uh, and then they can move on having impacted that farmer. Well, that's not necessarily financially rewarding, but it certainly made an impact on that farmer. Uh, and so I think um, anybody listening to this can start by just looking for opportunities to help other people. Oh, and by the way, looking for opportunities to help other people is the very smallest seed of what can become businesses that can be very, very profitable. Now, I'm sure you did this in your CrossFit business, and I know you do this now, but I also think just the act of Having a close one-on-one conversation with somebody, pouring into somebody, you just, you don't even know the impact you'll make on somebody. It might, you might not even be the one who gets to see the impact today, but five years down the line, that person might be like, oh my gosh, he's the one, she's the one that really made that switch go off in my brain and helped me see that I could contribute to the world or I was in a bad place and the, that person really, that was the reason I started turning my life around. Yeah. I mean, listen, that certainly has come back to me. When people ask me what I'm most proud of in my career so far, um, it's probably the babies that are walking around because their parents met at our gym. That's the obvious one. But the second one is the business babies. It's exactly what you're talking about. It's having a conversation with somebody when they're in pain or when they're uh, when they can't quite 
put it together. It's just a knot. The ideas in their head maybe are a knot, or they have some struggle that they're going through in their career, and they they know that there's more out there for them, but they don't exactly know what that means. And when I have that conversation with someone and ask them a series of questions that maybe helps them to clarify their thoughts and and put together a plan, whether it's a fitness plan to get their life back together, or a nutrition plan to lose some weight, or a business plan to start moving forward and 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 create what they can't help but to try to create in the world. Um, Any of those things, again, you have to be willing to set those ships a sail, knowing that you may never see them again, but resting easy, knowing that you have done the best that you can to help them on their journey. And then what about core values? I feel like that's something that not everybody gets exposed to the idea of coming up with a list of their core values, either personally or in the business world. What can you tell us about why it's important to know what your values are for one? Yeah, I mean, every single person that can hear this right now and anybody that can't should understand their core values because I'm here to tell you that regardless of whether you're an entrepreneur, you have core values and they are burning inside of you as we speak. They're the thing that makes you you. They're the thing that guides you where you have gone in the past and where you will go in the future. And so whether you or not you choose to reveal or try to define what your core values are, they are the reason why you make the decisions that you make, why you show up the way that you show up and why somebody else does and says the things that they do and say. And so what I do is I help folks to understand that it's your core values that will ultimately dictate not just your success, but when you hire someone or go to work with somebody or start to date someone, understanding how your core values relate to their core values is the number one um, indicator of whether or not it's going to work. Um, everybody listening to this can think of a time where somebody they met seemed great at first, and they just they they all maybe it was friendly, but they always were bumping heads. It was down was up, left was right. I want to go to this movie. I want to go to that movie, and it was just always a little bit off for no real reason. That's core value mismatch. And there's some people where you meet them and you're like, I don't know why, but just everything this person says is right. And it may not even be romantic or anything. It's just like, I agree with everything that they say. It's almost like my ideas are coming out of their mouth. That's a core value match. And I could introduce you to the living, breathing human beings that I have been fortunate enough to meet in my life who are core value matches. And even when we've spent years apart, when we come back together, it's like we were never apart. Um, And so by developing these core values, I now have a puzzle piece that I can hold up to the world. And so at first to test it, you hold it up to the past and you say, huh, this person fit this, this, and this, but they didn't fit that. And that's why it didn't work. Oh, this person fits this, 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 and this. And that's why we always got along. And then once you do that enough to where you feel confident that those are in fact your core values, you can hold them to the future. And the rest is just beautiful because uh, I've been doing this uh, since I really developed my core values about five or six years ago. And I really have not come across an opportunity or a person where I knew going in, they were a core value match and they didn't work out or vice versa. And so you know the, the the process to reveal that is is a little bit lengthy but it starts with just writing down who you are words and phrases of who you are not who you wish you were not who you hope one day you will grow to become but like who you are because that's already great if you can understand it and harness it at its strengths and then in the business world how do you bring your core values into your business so that you know that the vendors you're working with or the people you hire, just the people you do business with in general are a good match. Should that be important to people? 
It should, depending on the, the the connection, right? I mean, when we talk about a, a client that you're going to be working one-on-one with in a, in a personal-to-person way, very important. When we talk about an employee, very important. When we talk about who creates my logo off of Fiverr, not so much. Uh, when we talk about who does my accounting, as long as they're ethical, not so much, right? Mm-hmm. And so it just depends on the situation. And this is why, you know, a big part of what I help people do, I have a course called Dynasty Defined, and what we do uh, is we help people to basically build the operating system of their business. And one of those things you have to decide is how many tribal employees do I want to have versus how many uh, experts can I just contract out, you know, copywriters or social media managers or things like that. And there, there are, we each have our own sort of appetite for how much we're willing to really take on like a team, like a family that, you know, that, you know, you're going to be in an office with or on calls with constantly you you're going to be involved in each other's lives you're going to be paying the bills of these people you know i mean it's a much closer relationship than engaging someone who's going to help you to you know publish an ebook or something yeah yeah i agree with that if people want to work with you how do they get in touch with you well, if you want to work with me, I'm the easiest guy to find. You just uh, reach out to me any way you like. So uh, spearandclover.com is our website. So you can come out and check out our uh, Dynasty Defined program. We also have free resources and, and courses for entrepreneurs. Uh, and we also have the Spear and Clover Mastermind, which meets every Friday. Uh, and that's a tribe of entrepreneurs uh, helping each other solve problems. We we bring in expert guest speakers. Uh, and I present to you know different topics uh, multiple times a month. Uh, and then so you also have a podcast, right? I do have a podcast. You're right. I'm about to have two, Kim, believe it or not. Uh, Tell yeah, us about so, those. So right now, and at, at the time this comes out, we are, we may have already released the second. So I have Spear and Clover podcast, which is sort of deep dive entrepreneurial lifestyle conversations. Uh, I talk to the people who see the world as it could be and couldn't help but take action. Uh, and we learn about their stories and what motivates them and, and how they found success. Uh, and then a much more focused, shorter form doc, uh, podcast that we're launching is going to be called Dynasty Defined, which is the name of our program. And that's going to be much more tactical and focused on specifically the nuts and bolts of how winners win and and how we build these dynasty organizations that are not reliant on the owner trading their time for money. Oh, that sounds great. And anything you wanted to tell the audience that I have not asked you yet? Honestly, Kim, just that I appreciate you and I appreciate them. Uh, you know, this this service you're doing is is great for for your audience and for the world. Uh, and so if you're still listening to this, it's because you like Kim and this podcast. So go to the website, go to the page, like it, share it, review it, because she's putting a lot of work into making a great product here. Well, thank you. That was so nice. Of course, Kim. Thank you for having me on. Yeah, it was great talking. Thank you for joining me for season four of Power Up Your Performance. If you like this episode, please share it with a friend, rate, review, and follow. Dream big and get out there and explore.